feel like their hot take is like accurate and uh, and and salient. I guess. Some sometimes. I mean, it depends on the take, right? Yeah. Um, but everybody has one. Yeah. Well, I guess holes, right? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Opinions. What? Sorry. Opinions are like assholes, right? So, I don't think we've met. I'm Patrick. <laughs> Who are you? Danny. Danny. All right. <laughs> Keith over. Danny Keith over. Danny Keith over. Well, welcome to the show. You were saying something about opinions. And they're like assholes, right? <laughs> in in what way? Uh, <laughs> I I can tell you want me to ask. So can I? In what way are opinions like assholes? Everywhere, <laughs> all over the place. You see them. D- do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Walking around the street, assholes. Do, do you mean? Can, I'm sorry to ask for clarification here. When you say assholes, yeah. Do you mean like people? I'm Danny Keithover, by the way. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Danny. We've we've met actually thirty seconds ago. <laughs> do you mean like physical? You know. Uh, rector opinions physical opinions no well this is going to be difficult isn't it they're like assholes okay because they're everywhere all over the place all right what's your point you got him smoke him if you got him (laughs) smoke your opinions sure Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Smoke them if you got them. Okay. I. I. I'll be sure to do so. Thanks for stopping by. Do you have somewhere else to be, or? Very much like opinions. I'm everywhere. <laughs> All right. I'll be around. Okay. You might not see me. Less like an asshole. Oh, you might not gosh. see me, but I'll be around. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing you again. Before uh, I leave. Yeah, okay, go on. Burn the hand. <laughs> huh? 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, see you later. Okay. Well, next up on Radio 4, we've got... <laughs> you guys... The thing I loved about that character was, it wasn't made for radio, because <laughs> all of my laughter was coming from... It was all physical. All physical. <laughs> like, nothing you were saying made me laugh. It was just the way your face was moving while you said it, just like... <laughs> Sticking his tongue out for the whole thing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you had a sort of knowing look on your face that was like, yeah... And yeah, get you into trouble. <laughs> it was more. It was more like you should know what the. I've, I've just dropped some serious wisdom bombs yeah. on you. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you, Great Oracle. Yeah. yeah. I like Danny Keith over. That's my new character. <laughs> Okay, so from Stephen <laughs> Thomas, we've got life in a fishbowl. Life in a fishbowl. Life in a fishbowl. Oh, man. So right. I think instead of casting first, we should decide what kind of episode this is and then decide who would be best for that. Yeah, okay, that sounds like a good way of doing it. So it's it's one of it's one of Doctor Who's famous 
bottle episodes, sure. which is really good because they only choose like really good character actors who have these like uh, who have a pretty big range right. and and can hold and are charismatic and hold attention and that yeah. sort of thing. Mm. So utilizing them, so, so a good example, Peter Capaldi was clearly fantastic in in the loop or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, um, that um, and. Um, uh, I knew it from its first album in the loop um, I mean the thick of it came first but okay yeah, yeah. yeah. go on I've never it. seen either of them it's, it's yeah, well, you shouldn't have I'm called be, it out then I'm going to be I'm going to be angry uh, about <laughs> it I'm going to die angry about it <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> just like Peter Capaldi's character in all the shows so um uh, yeah, they, they they brought him on board because he's charismatic. He can hold your attention. And he's, mm. he, he's he's a bit shouty sometimes. So, who would be good for uh, an episode where the Doctor has been shrunk down to the size of a fishbowl and is like, trying to affect the world from there? Is in a fishbowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Um, I'd like to say David Duchovny, but he's not—he's not British, and that's—that's that's that's an unfortunate no. stipulation. Yeah, we—we—we we, we said beforehand they—they they definitely have to be British because the BBC will never hire an American. Yeah, uh, um, it's just—I think it's against the law, actually. Uh, if there, there is one clause in the BBC's charter uh, which says if you hire an American, it has to be that guy from Torchwood, Roger Allen. Roger Allen, yes. <gasps> Of course. Roger Allen is the doctor okay. in Life in a Fishbowl. <laughs> so what, so do you, what happens what do you in reckon? Life in so a Fishbowl? So classic starting scene, um, the TARDIS is going wrong a bit and everything is going, weep, weep, it's going wrong, going oh, wrong a no. bit. Oh, going no. to a field of disparate energies that uh, are buffeting us around. And, and there's an explosion throw, of Thrown around the console, yeah. rapid flicking of buttons. Yeah. And he, he, he hears something crumpling around him and it's the TARDIS getting smaller and smaller it's still the same size on the inside it's yeah. even bigger on the inside yeah now. it's even bigger <laughs> on the inside now now actually yeah so he, both him and the TARDIS outside yeah. have been shrunk down to the size of a, a fishbowl but the inside because of its special because <laughs> it's, it's in a state of temporal grace yeah, yeah. so he's um, tiny he's tiny inside the, inside, the tar- inside the giant TARDIS oh my god so he's hanging on to the console yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said this was a bottle episode. He's a borrower. A lot of CGI. He's a borrower in this situation, (laughs) right? So, like, and they did the borrowers without CGI. They just like green screened him onto a thing like they just <laughs> superimposed them over a, over a shelf um, a uh, static clever, shelf image some clever camera tricks yeah played yeah so he's like oh no <laughs> tiny, yeah, Roger. Roger. tiny Roger tiny Roger Allen running around the, the TARDIS so it, this is obviously a sort of uh, he's got to overcome things one at a time he's got to get off the console first yeah, 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 he's yeah. got to you know use some ingenious way of, of connecting bits of the console together <laughs> so so, um, I like the idea that he like opens the door. He like finds a way to like open the door because he's like, if I can get outside, then hopefully my my size will revert to yeah, normal. Yeah, a huge long hook. Yeah, um, yeah. He opens the door and just water starts flooding in, <laughs> and like he's like, what's going on? And then splashing on the floor is a goldfish, a giant goldfish. By yeah. Comparison. yeah. Oh no, no, no. Actually, no. It'd be the same size. No, it's a giant goldfish. I mean, it would be giant <laughs> for a goldfish, like. And it's dying on the floor, right? It's drowning. Oh my god. So he's he like pulls back. A, he, he like he like climbs into a thing. He's like, oh look. 
lucky I've got this thing in the TARDIS and he pulls a lever and the TARDIS kind of flips on its side and then um, all the uh, water comes rushing all out all the water comes rushing out into it into a pool at the side and the water the, the fish is fl- uh, floating around yeah and he's like oh looks like I've got my new companion <laughs> The goldfish. Gold <laughs> gold right. Vo- voiced by. Um, well, he's no, not, no, it's not voiced by anyone. It's, it's it, just a goldfish. So far, it's just a goldfish. But when he uses a, a, the ability to transfer consciousness into a, into a goldfish, yes. to like to like bring it to sentient levels where it can speak, uh, then it'll, it'll be voiced by. It'll be voiced by uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah. He's an American famous, goldfish. famous British actor. Yeah. Donald Glover. No, you're allowed to cast American people as companions. Yes, you are. Not British. You, you purist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Donald Glover as a goldfish. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and so they, they, uh, you know, the doctor needs to find some way to to reverse what's happened to him. Uh, the goldfish is none the wiser. It has a hilariously short memory. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps forgetting things, but 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 then the doctor, I think, makes it uh, uh, some kind of suit to be able to like stand up and walk around. Okay. I mean, they're in a they're in a fishbowl. It can just swim. Like that's fine. Oh right, he's going yeah. out into the fishbowl. Oh, yeah, right. I assume okay. so. Yeah. Okay. Because that's where whatever's going on. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. Whatever. Is, is really. Happening. Whatever's really happening. Yeah. Um, what is? Where is this fishbowl? A child's bedroom. Mm. Okay. Of yeah. course, because you need the human element. Sure. To, uh... <laughs> yeah. So far, we've got an alien and a goldfish. <laughs> so we might want. Yeah, but the goldfish is some good perspective because <laughs> it keeps asking what the fuck is going on. <laughs> it is filling the, the endless, essential companion role. An endless mine of exposition. <laughs> yes. Um, like every three minutes. Like, Can you remember what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What's your name? <laughs> the ultimate in not trusting your viewers <laughs> to remember. The goldfish is your audience identification character. Yeah. So um, the doctor doesn't want to be detected uh, by by the the people walking past the goldfish because yeah. if they do, they they, they might see him. They yeah. might sort of pluck him out and, and you know awful things. Might Sell him off. For yeah, he's a tiny sale. he's a tiny man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, from Arietti and the Borrowers. Uh, yeah, yeah the, exactly. Pe- people like that get hunted down. <laughs> That's what we've learned. Yeah, um, and so he's trying to evade, ev- evade like uh, uh, anybody seeing him, ducking behind comedy, you know, large sculptures while inside the golf, in a, in, inside the bowl, while also in a scuba. So, yes, yes, he's got full-on scuba gear. He's that guy. He's the scuba man in the fish bowls. Yeah, at one point, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Full-on. Um, uh, I, I think he's like, but why am I getting all these readings? Why have I been turned, basically, why has my, my time and space been turned upside down? Why am I sort of yeah. small and big and stuff? Uh, and small then he, and big and stuff. And then he realises that something in the fishbowl um, like some kind of crystal or something that's being used. Uh, oh no, it's 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 coral. It's a coral that's in the fishbowl that is actually an alien uh, piece of alien life form. Oh no, and it crashed here. Yeah, oh, and, and thirty then, years and ago, the kid found it at the seaside, brought oh, it back, yeah. put oh, it in the fishbowl. Oh, no. um, and so, but it's been lying dormant all this time. Yeah, and it's been sending out a distress signal, and yeah. that's what the TARDIS picked up on. Yes. yes, and that's what made it shrink down and made the Doctor shrink down. Yeah, as well. and the Doctor discovers all this with the help of probably some other fish-based friends. Yeah, uh, that you know, there's a, a small gang who. 
eventually get picked off one by one. Pretty by much the... Finding Nemo. <laughs> what's the What's the monster here? Because every good Doctor episode needs it's kind of the child. The child is an absolute again. Bastard. Pretty much just Finding Nemo. Like yeah. just the monster child. Uh, it's terrifying. This huge, like, terrifying creature. Yeah. It's also a human. We really want to just cast aspersions on the human race if possible. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can... I mean, we can definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's teaching kids, don't mess around with your fish. Yeah, don't shake your fish or whatever. There may be a doctor in there. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about the welfare of the fish, no. <laughs> there, may be a, there may be a human being in there. Uh, I'd love to see Roger Allen as a doctor. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, Especially great, in this huh? episode. Yeah. Essentially just Nemo. Perfectly suited for him, I think. It's (laughs) it's a two-hander between him and a goldfish. (laughs) So how does he use... uh, He cleverly used the... um... Uh, the shrinky shrinky dink well, what, what he does is he's able to solve the problem yeah he's able to resonate the frequencies of the uh, 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 the coral yeah. uh, using his sonic screwdriver yeah. he is able to make it vibrate at a certain amount so that the distress signal cancels itself out uh, and suddenly he grows the, back to his normal size the TARDIS a police box grows smashes the fishbowl yeah. as it grows but he's got the coral and he can take it back and he's got all these fish friends and a little fishbowl in yeah. the TARDIS yeah and the the um like he, he the is... joke for the rest of the series is that every time the rest of the series is that every time the TARDIS goes wah to the side yeah, they the get thrown around the fish splosh. are like sploshing around <laughs> and Donald Glover's like whoa <laughs> yeah because Donald Glover can still speak yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's the new companion for the, uh, <laughs> for the next ten episodes <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so so uh, he he expands the TARDIS and gets off real quick. Uh, uh, <laughs> this kid like looking into the into the. Well, the kid the kid probably like, hears the noise. <laughs> yeah, the kid probably hears the TARDIS from 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 downstairs. And it really is. It does sound like that. It doesn't sound like a normal TARDIS noise because it's like <laughs> being a bit broken. It goes ah ah and then ah. <laughs> at the end of the episode because the kid's been such a terrifying force in this in this uh, episode yeah Roger Allen takes him by the scruff of the neck and <laughs> don't mess around with your fish you little shit <laughs> throws him on the ground throws him out the window what, into the uh, broken glass of yeah, the yeah. fishbowl yeah <laughs> Unnecessarily Rod- violent. Roger Allen's doctor ain't messing around. No, okay. <laughs> he's, he's like Christopher Eccleston, but like on like some serious steroids. Yeah, the doctor who refuses to take any shit of any kind. Yeah. Uh, In fact, this, will cause shit for people to take. This eight-year-old like child. <laughs> um, because the doctor's a bit kooky. As he's thrown him out the window, he just smiles and waves like bye, and then <laughs> close the door. That's the noise the TARDIS makes in this series. Is it? No, it's yeah. ah, ah, like that. Pretty sure it's some combination of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Whatever it is, it's jarring. <laughs> Three, two, one. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> no! That's the noise the TARDIS makes. Please! Cool. Kill me! So that was life in a fishbowl. <laughs> Excellent. Good episode. Probably Good. one of the best episodes there's been in a couple Good. of years. Good episode, kids. <laughs> you got a moral in the story? A child? Yeah, don't... A don't yeah. 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 From Joe Thompson, we've got... I lost my bloody keys. <laughs> <laughs> Another from Joe Thompson. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, you know your classic uh, uh, collision of the, the the mundane with the with the uh, the extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, you know you've got your 
you know, you're probably your companion uh, who is just living at home, mm. but they've lost their keys. Uh, Rupert Grimm. Rupert Grint as Rupert a companion. Grint a companion. Yeah, Grint seems fine. Um, and so he rings up the doctor. And Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> like, Daniel Radcliffe, not too far from actually what I think they would probably do. Yeah. Um, Rupert fine. Grint, actually not too far from what I think they'd, they'd do as a companion. Uh, so it da- could happen. Daniel Radcliffe is the doctor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> joining the esteemed ranks of... David Attenborough and who what was the name? Oh, yeah. yeah okay, so that Daniel Radcliffe lands uh, uh, in in the living room, breaking the coffee table in the process. <laughs> and, and he was like, "Bloody hell, that was a really good coffee table." <laughs> Is that Rupert Grant? Yeah. <laughs> he said his catchphrase. <laughs> bloody hell! Yeah. I lost my bloody, bloody keys. keys. There we are. Perfect. And so he, he, the doctor dashes out, on his screwdriver in hand. Where are the monsters? Where are the creatures we have to fight? And Rupert Grant's like, "No, I." It wasn't like, like a code or anything. I literally, I lost my keys. Uh, the next 43 minutes are taken up with uh, <laughs> the two of them. <laughs> until, until the doctor realises that he landed on them. <laughs> yeah, they were on the coffee table. There is the red herring of there is an actual monster. Yeah. Uh, and it's... The key oh, goblins. A, no, it's the lock. The lock. The, the lock goblins. The lock boys. <laughs> the lock boys. The lock goblins. All yeah. played by Emma Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Watson uh, with with a keyhole for a head. But it's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a farce because every time they walk into a new room looking for the keys, all the goblins quickly hide. Yeah, yeah. Or they just miss each other by seconds in the corridors. So it takes them like half the episode to realize that the lock goblins are here. Yeah, uh, and it's but just once they do, they go, they must have the keys. Oh, it's, it's it's thematic and so they chase them down and try and get them but none of them have it and so the doctor leaves defeated and there in the sma- like smashed remains of the coffee table <laughs> the doctor <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe gets into his TARDIS he's like right I'm going back in time to stop the lock goblins ever being created <laughs> <laughs> and as he leaves and Rupert Green's like can't you just go back in time to when I had my keys <laughs> and, and he goes no <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucked up with these lock goblins. <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> They're fucked. They're never going to have dead. existed. They're not even dead. They're never existing. He, he Here lo- we go. And he <laughs> disappears. And Rupert Grint finds these keys and goes, Shh, how do I get in contact with him? <laughs> the last thing we see of Daniel Radcliffe's doctor in this is him walking into the TARDIS and loading a 9mm <laughs> I'm going for those fucking lock goblins. Just this once, Rupert. Everybody dies. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Rupert Grint's character is called Rupert? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe is called Daniel Radcliffe. No, he's called the Doctor. He's... Nobody knows his real name. But it's probably Daniel Radcliffe. Alright. Oh, there's my bloody keys. <laughs> now, Credits. how do I get in touch with the doctor to tell him not to genocide? <laughs> you don't. If the doctor wants to genocide, he genocides. That's, that's actually true genocide. in canon. <laughs> that is true in canon. Although I'm not sure he'd do it with a 9mm pistol. Oh, no, he would. That's, that's worrying for a television show for children. <laughs> if the doctor genocides, they genocide. That's what they do. Yeah. Or at least you think they do and then fail. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, please, dude. Oh, I, <laughs> this metal hand thing yeah. shoots electricity. Not only the metal hand thing that shoots electricity, but also, like, if you look at where he lives 
There's all sorts of like hanging cables and stuff. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Davros lives in a dungeon. There's no question. All oh, right, <laughs> Davros lives. I thought you meant Christian Grey. There's just loads of hanging cables. I saw that film. <laughs> Were there hanging yeah, cables? Well, do you so not see, uh, yeah, Christian Grey lives on Scaro. He <laughs> <laughs> just, it lives, yeah. It's it, the same universe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My God. It's like, ejaculate. Uh, yeah, that, the, the, so yes that, that thing he says, yeah. whatever it is, Christian Grey says, he's like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, probably. I think that's what he says. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, like me when I'm that's angry. That's the Dalek saying. That's what Daleks always say. Yeah. Uh, famed catchphrase of the Daleks <laughs> and Christian Grey. You weren't like you me when like I'm, like I'm angry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what he says, isn't it? That's yeah, what, that's exactly that's what, right. Just before he sexes that woman, you he nailed. says, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, and then sexes that woman. That is the canon. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He says something. He's got a cannon? <laughs> well, the Daleks do. <laughs> he's, he's, he's really into S&M stuff. Christian Grey. He's, he's got a cannon. He's himself out of a cannon. His, his kink is firing people out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just... Like, do, you, do you like being hurt? And then... Uh, What's her name? Danielle Steele? No, that's Anastasia the right. Anastasia Steele. Danielle Steele is the writer. <laughs> Not Fifty Shades of Grey, just a writer. A writer, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, she's like, I don't. I, I'm too. I'm too shy. I'm too like, timid. do you like being hurt by cannons? <laughs> <laughs> do I? <laughs> pulls a cloth off this cannon. This. <laughs> I like the idea that he, he can only like get it up if he's already put the helmet on with the star and stripes thing and climbed into a cannon. Oh. And then and then the person he's like the person he wants to have sex with is on a hillside <laughs> on the opposite side of the valley and he has to like shoot himself out of a cannon at them. My god. It's has anybody ever really been fired out of a cannon? Yeah. I imagine. Probably not. I can't imagine it has, because you would you would die, <laughs> right? You would you would have no legs. Right. You'd right. be killed. I I can only imagine I can only imagine that it's a trick cannon. Yeah. Like that there's some kind of like, oh, like uh, mechanism spring mechanism, pushing, yeah. yeah, where they do it. Uh, it's a um, an acrobat who jumps out of a cannon on this springboard inside but the cannon. We go through our life with this trope unquestioned. Yeah, we do. <laughs> only until this moment have I ever thought. I like. I just assumed. Yeah, people get fired out of cannons. It's a, it's a bit, but no, no, you would die. You would die if you got You'd fired. Be killed. Just tweet the show. <laughs> tweet the show at Lives of Pitch Show if you've have ever, you ever seen been fired someone, out of a cannon. Have you ever? Be, have you or someone you know been affected by this issue <laughs> um, of being fired out of cannons? We, we have a helpline. We want to hear the nation's opinions on firing <laughs> out of cannons. So. <laughs> If we're, you just, could... we're just a talk show about firing <laughs> cannons now. Like, how long have you been going for? Three years. We started out with just two episodes, really, <laughs> in mind. But surprisingly, <laughs> it's, a lot it, of stuff. it's a hot topic. <laughs> Every week we have a listener story about being fired out of a cannon. <laughs> it's always news, you know. Some of them are funny, most of them are heartbreaking. <laughs> they are yeah. largely heartbreaking. Pretty, pretty gruesome. And, and leg-breaking as well. <laughs> Basic, ma- mainly, I mean, we, we, we have sort of had tweet sent to us saying we're muscling in on the true crime territory really yeah uh, because it is it is a crime it is illegal my favorite murder are not happy that we keep um <laughs> we keep doing their murder stories because 
Well, they don't have a monopoly on murder. Often people die when being fired out of a cannon. Yeah. That's a great name for a podcast. But that's just incidental, isn't it? Like, we're not interested in murder. We're interested in firing people out of cannons. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, I mean, there is, yes, there's a crossover in that Venn diagram. Absolutely. Quite a large segment. A large Almost crossover. Almost a circle. Yes. But, <laughs> but, but. That little sliver. That's could, ours. You could say it's not even a Venn diagram. It looks more like a cartoon eye. <laughs> <laughs> With one, c- one small it's circle inside of a larger small circle, indication. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, murdered by firing out of a cannon. <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Monopoly on murder. My favourite yeah. fired out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see that live. Uh, Make, mur- making a murderer who fires people out of cannons. <laughs> I went to see My Favourite Murder live. Yeah. They were very good. They were very funny. Wow. Um, also made me feel a little bit ill uh, because they talk about murders and that's not a nice subject. <laughs> I can imagine it's not, no. I'll be honest, I could have told you that. But it was like, good. Um, I went I went and had, had fried chicken with Dave Bulmer, one of our friends oh, of the show. Um, and we went to a thing called a Zifferblatt. That is basically just a living room but for loads of people where you pay by the minute and they just have free cake and tea and like juices and cereals and beans on toast and all this sort of like oh my god what the fuck are you doing london it's manchester what all right i assumed it was london (laughs) you would wouldn't you (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't raise any less questions <laughs> it was fun yeah. we had a good time That's... that was where I saw those giant copies of Codenames sure <laughs> people were playing Codenames no uh, well that, that Zifferblatt wasn't I was in Travelling Man in Manchester go to that place if you want to buy comics um, and uh, they took us downstairs to the, their, their kind of overstock section where they had a lot of demo copies of, of, of board games and it was great fun I'm a professional board game guy um, uh, great yep Doctor Who? Yeah. So my Fifty Shades of Grey cannon bit yeah. was going to be he reveals a cannon <laughs> and then shoots an actual cannonball at her. Oh. Like, that's we... the only way I can get it up. Okay. Like, because there was a scene in Fifty Shades of Grey where he spanks her, not even that hard, six times. You don't know and how she hard runs... it was. You weren't there. It didn't look that hard. I mean, you'd be surprised <laughs> the tolerance that people have. She had no tolerance, apparently, because yeah. she ran off crying. All right. Six spanks in. <laughs> and, and that... Six spanks in is my new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For entry-level BDSM. <laughs> oh, oh entry-level. Um, Ew. But... <laughs> <laughs> like she runs off crying and sure. that's that's the low point of the film <laughs> where she gets hit six times I got no no desire to see that film if they fired her out of a cannon it's it's really funny but you like the you like Jesus Christ Superstar where it happens like 30 times <laughs> that's true and they count them off yeah and Jesus it takes a long time Jesus not many people are saying this, but Jesus had a higher tolerance for pain than no, Anastasia Steele. Yeah, it's true. It's just true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, he did. 
He was Dude, nailed Jesus to a cross. He was, he was nailed to a cross and he didn't even get offered a helicopter ride. Like I say, <laughs> So think about that for a minute. Yeah. He was the blades of the helicopter for a bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> just put the cross on top. <laughs> and he's like, you said this would be a helicopter ride! <laughs> I don't know why he's taking off. He's just on a cross on a hill. Nailed to the blades of the helicopter. <laughs> Woo! Being great. Right. So, so <laughs> tasteful. You know what they say about Life's a Pitch? They say it's so tasteful. Five stars, really tasteful. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, pure, pure boys. Pure boys. Yeah. And wouldn't the Avengers assembled? <laughs> It was a good time. <laughs> Nobody calls that movie Avengers Assemble. No. I do. Although if you go on the Camelot rules, it's actually called Avengers Assemble. <laughs> some, some niche. <laughs> that is, that's yeah. niche humour. That's some seriously niche humour. Just look at the Tom Google Camelot. No, I, pro- I promise it's fine. It's a board game. I promise it's it's quite a, funny. It's a point into, of if you're into graphic design. It's a point of <laughs> it's a point of contention for some of the staff at yeah. our at our cafe. Camel Cup, Camel. Camel. So it's a racing game up called Camel Up. Yeah. Right. Look at the logo. It's a racing game. Bear in mind. Right, it's a game where you're racing camels around, like in a in a tournament, or or perhaps you know uh, a Grand Prix. Yeah, some kind of. There is a checkered flag on the box. Some kind of. Uh, some some kind of uh, yeah tournament league. And you you would assume at the end of that that there was some kind of trophy to you be might gained. Do, yeah. What kind of trophy would that be? <laughs> would it be a plaque? <laughs> might it be a medallion? <laughs> hmm. What is it? <laughs> the game is should the game should be called Camel Cup because the sea stretches over, uh, including the gradient, uh, to to both halves of the the the, the words right, mm. and like much like the Avengers Assemble poster, the A is used in both scenarios. Right, oh. you see the trick. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. But this game <laughs> is called Camel Up. Wow. <laughs> and it's wrong. It's clearly it wrong. Also, yeah. wow. while we're here, the expansion is called Camel Up Super Cup. <laughs> so, so, they did so, it on purpose. So they know the word cup. They know the word. Maybe it's called Camel Cup. But it's, look, it's on the right in hand the side. Rules, in the rules and on the, on the box it says Camel Up. Because <laughs> you stack the camels. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. because it's like the World Cup, Camel Cup. Yeah, yeah. that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's... Wel- welcome. Uh... <laughs> welcome. <laughs> well, welcome to the joke. Take a seat. <laughs> we've been here. We've been here for a little while. But um, we're, we're, we're glad anything? to welcome you to this. Make yeah, yourself yeah. at home here in this joke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yawning. Oh, yawning real loud. I'm glad I had coffee. Yeah. So mm. the. Uh, the the solo previews meet in mixed reviews apparently. Yeah. Really? Yep. 
Yep, that's what you get for releasing a Star Wars movie in 2018, apparently. <laughs> yeah, mixed reviews. <laughs> yeah, just mixed reviews. People, that's because people are just ready to be like, oh, it's probably worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've actually, all the reviews I've heard have not been mixed. They've all been very consistent. Yeah. It's just that that consistency level has been 65%. You've been on the left of, wing... Know. Cuck media. Yeah, you know. Did you mean my Twitter feed? (laughs) (laughs) Because if so, yes. Oh, you at at left wing cuck media. (laughs) That's me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm. (laughs) I'm swimming with the soy boys. (laughs) I'm cooking with the soy boys. Gotta get that my, protein. Can we can Hashtag we cooking with the soy boys? Can we real quick register cooking that on with SoundCloud? soy boys? Yeah. Can we <laughs> cooking with soy? Or is that be? Is that a YouTube? <laughs> is that a YouTube series? Please, <laughs> cooking with soy would be the best fucking podcast. C u c k i n. Cooking with soy, soy boys. Fuck, that's funny. It'd be All quite right. funny if it was the YouTube channel where someone was doing like recipes with soy milk. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's what that's where it'd be. Yeah, it would just be like just a bunch completely of... oblivious to what it actually. Meant. <laughs> no, I think it would be a bunch of guys who are self-described soy boys. <laughs> All but Matt, where would we find any of those? <laughs> it's really <laughs> the left wing cook media, of course. Hi, are you called? <laughs> Hello, it's me. Where how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> because Why my opinions matter at all times. Oh yeah, I just brought up Star Wars. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, like it's it's just like I've enjoyed every Star Wars film I've been to see since ever. Sure. So apart from like you know the prequels. Sure. Um, Rogue One, I thought was. I enjoyed it when I went to yeah. see it. Like I enjoyed it both times I went to see it. Yeah. Apart from you sighing behind me. <laughs> um, was... let me. I assume this is a deleted scene, so let me just offer some advice to the to the listeners. <laughs> if you ever go to see a, a a movie, or really a Star Wars movie, if you ever go to see a movie, don't go and sit next to or near Tom because I sat next to Tom during our midnight screening of The Last right, Jedi right. not just the Star Wars movie any, any movie. movie at all alright yeah. I get way too involved in looking at films I very can, critically when you I will, watch you will hear him mentally drawing up his pros and cons list uh, as, as you watch uh, there, there are two important noises to listen out for there's and <sighs> <laughs> that, that one really good and one is like tired sure. of this yeah the other is basically a laugh of derision but it means oh. he likes it yeah yeah neither are strictly positive <laughs> yeah what you but call the laughs of derision are the most likely to uh, come out in the positive on the fourth watch (laughs) (laughs) like he will come out and be like that film was terrible go back to see it another three times and then come out with a load of positives and liking the film loads no i've i've seen blade runner 2049 it must be about 10 times now (laughs) and every time every time i watch it i enjoy it more it's like the original blade runner which i hated first time Um, i also hated it the first time and i never watched it again oh fair um but yeah, that like I I when I was watching the Last Jedi, 
very physically not for the all the reasons that all the dickheads are saying they hated that movie for yeah. like that, that's the thing like when I say I hate The Last Jedi I hate it because yeah, of all you get, the random shit they did with you, that, get, you like, get lumped into what you mean you don't like the iron ship the the the, the 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 like ironing board ship yeah like I did like that I was like <laughs> but like why is this in this movie it's <laughs> Oh, we have to pitch Doctor Who episodes because I do not want to argue more about Star Wars. <laughs> it happens every save time. It for, save it for next week. Yeah, every like, single time. Literally, on this fucking next show. week next is when week. we actually do that for the podcast. It's great. I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. No, no, I'm not doing that one. Wait, why not? Theo's doing that one. All oh, right. Well, I thought you were both doing it. Oh, I guess I could do it. Yeah. You've got to now. You've agreed. Yeah. Well. Come on. What happened was, I agreed to Star Wars, and then I saw you were doing Doctor Who, and I was like, can I do Doctor Who? Yeah, you didn't say instead, though. I didn't say instead. Shit. That verbal contract. Right, but what if I just don't show up? Um, Then I will go and get you. (laughs) (laughs) We all know. Who are we kidding? You're a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. We all know that you would literally sit through fucking three hours of, of, of paint drying <laughs> if it had the title Doctor Who if on it if it had the title Doctor Who Absolutely. and at some point you heard the TARDIS noise <laughs> thing is right paint drying paint dripping looks a lot kind of like an intro credit roll I know, I'm not sure Doctor I'm not sure you've ever seen an intro credit roll to Doctor Who <laughs> I have and it looked like paint drying did it yeah. <laughs> that's some strange paint you've been working with Tom <laughs> yeah I mean, I was, was, it, was painting it, for three hours. Was it the kind that, that got a lot of fumes associated? Yeah, fumes. It might be getting to you. No windows were open and it was a very small room. And I couldn't leave. You were painting the inside of an oven, right? Yeah, yeah and I was in the oven. I don't know if you guys know this, but Tom actually has a walk-in oven. <laughs> Inspired by the original Tomb Raider games. <laughs> In fridge, yeah. which is what people have. <laughs> no, they don't. Don't be silly. No, they have <laughs> I've I've seen you walk into a walk-in fridge. <laughs> you literally have. <laughs> I've seen you like when not many people can say that that's how a few people have that is a weird sentence for me to just come out with and it be factually true but it's true true. yeah Yeah, I have seen you many times walk into a walk-in fridge with a tray yeah (laughs) shivering (laughs) (laughs) and then I jumped over you and locked it (laughs) it's like fuck you butler And as I pressed the unlock button from the inside, because the fridge was designed by professionals. (laughs) And not sitcom writers. (laughs) And not sitcom writers referencing a 1997 video game. (laughs) Because that had been designed by professionals and there was a button on the inside to open the door, I then said, I'm not a butler, Tom, and why did you lock me in a fridge? All I heard was, (laughs) <laughs> and then clinking of glasses yeah <laughs> it was terrifying <laughs> the dark, those, dark time in, in for those your listening friendship. who have no idea what we're talking about google it <laughs> google tomb raider butler i suppose yeah walk in fridge i don't know one combination of those things will work just google all the stuff we've said <laughs> to make a transcription of this entire bit and then google Whack it into the search bar <laughs> yeah. and press I'm feeling lucky <laughs>
So <laughs> that's th- at that point when you when you make that specific a search where there's going to be no results. Luck is all that you have. Like, like <laughs> basically when you basically when you say I'm feeling lucky, that Google says no, you're not. <laughs> right. So Doctor Do- Who. Doctor yeah. Who. Tommy, you a fan of Doctor Who? No. Patrick, are you a fan of Doctor Who? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad we've got a balanced uh, <laughs> balanced debate on our hands. Um, yeah, well, you know, I've, I've, I've watched the show since it came back in 2005. Yeah. Which was the same. My God, 13 years ago. I, I stopped watching after a bit because I was like, this is boring. And this is the reason I stopped watching was because I was like, right, they're obviously writing the titles before the episodes. <laughs> we do this yeah. for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but no, I've seen most of them since then. I've al- I also dropped off probably about the same time. <laughs> I think uh, we probably have dropped 20, off. 2012, I think. Basically, uh, sometime during the end of Matt Smith's run. Yes. Where uh, everyone was like... Oh, no, I missed, no, a, I, I I missed a couple off. there uh, and then came back. Uh, I dropped off halfway through the Karen Gillan series. That was Matt Smith's run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like, half, yeah. Halfway, like halfway through the first one. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, I was there for Karen Gillan, to be honest. I yeah. wasn't really there for, for, for Matt Smith. Yeah. He was all right. Um, I liked his first episode. Brill. Mm. Um, after that... He was great. He, he had a he had a, an, an evolution uh, to his Doctor that Doctors don't generally have. He changed in a way that uh, was, was a lot tied into his, the River Song arc. Yeah, um, which is possibly the worst. Arc. No, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's really good. It's, um, it's a really good way to approach uh, uh, the Doctor having a lasting relationship, which is something that the Doctor, by definition, never has. To someone who's never watched Doctor Who... Oh, yeah, sorry, we're getting really deep into it before... What would you describe Doctor Who as? All right, well... Um, it's kind of a uh, it's it's probably the biggest show in the history of British television yeah. it, just in terms no, of impact yeah um, it's 50 years old over 50 years old and the conceit is that a man an alien called the doctor uh, nobody knows his real name travels around the world uh, around the universe in a time machine uh, he can go to any historical event uh, he can go anywhere in space to different alien planets past and future he always has a, a traveling companion uh, normally a human somebody to go to go with him perspective so that they can go, oh, that's amazing, and not be like, I've seen this before. The, the but, audience character. Yeah. yeah, and they, you know, get into scrapes and and, and save worlds, and, and they're the good guys. The Doctor is obviously the centre of it all, but he, um, uh, the, the cleverest thing, I think, about Doctor Who is that uh, every time uh, the actor who plays the Doctor, um, normally it goes for about three or four years, sometimes a bit longer, uh, but they can step down at any point, and this is the reason the show has lasted for such a long time, because the show has a built-in conceit where you can change uh, the Doctor's face. He has regeneration powers. He can uh, become a whole new person. And each of the Doctors has their own personality, uh, but they're all intrinsically the Doctor. You know when you said he has regeneration powers? Yeah. Suddenly I was like, I'm back in 90s Marvel and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) 90s Marvel, I don't care. Uh, Immediate. I saw a hit song from Matt Turner. (laughs) I saw a picture of of Peter Parker reading Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand what? Uh, earlier from the uh, is it Ultimate Spider-Man my god uh, from from like 2000-ish <laughs> jeez yeah um that's something else what yeah <laughs> like like the I can show you the picture if you want the, the amount what, hmm? I mean was he agreeing <laughs> like, it, yeah, just, well, it was on his bedside table 
Yeah. He was just reading it. That's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> just they they specifically drew the title on the front. Yeah, of the book, they they, they yeah. called out that it was out yeah, of yeah. drugs. Because I, I wouldn't book. I wouldn't start a conversation about Anne Rand with friendly neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Your friendly anyone who does Rand. anything for anyone else, you wouldn't go. Oh, that seems like a Rand thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the concept of superheroes. Maybe okay. Maybe right. I've got I've got a real big pitch for you. <laughs> maybe in context, right? He's reading Ayn Rand just before he doesn't stop that robber. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. He, he's off to he's off to the wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's he, he doesn't get paid. So he doesn't stop. He doesn't. He's, he's like, well, you owe me a lot of money, so I'm not going to stop this robber. We haven't had a libertarian superhero in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe yet. Is it just a matter of time? Um, I think we sort of have in the Punisher, but there we are. <laughs> the Punisher and Mark Miller's Captain America. He was very much like Mark that. Mark Millar. Mark Millar. I don't remember that one. Radish Farmer. Um, which one was that? Uh, it's like sort of dickhead Captain America. When? Um, around the time Civil War was released. Around that time. Okay, uh, so uh, we're talking. We were talking about the cinematic. In general, no, 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 not, no. I mean, not, not the cinematic the, one. The, 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 yeah. What I mean is the, 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 the phrasing of the question or the phrasing of the, right. the statement was: we haven't seen a, a libertarian super, a superhero in this Marvel cinematic universe. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're on a uh, film podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking of the comic books, but yeah, yeah no. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no. There's plenty of oh man, there's plenty of libertarian superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Was, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, but uh, not not ones in the cinematic universe because they've got more sense um but you know there we are um that fucking left-wing cook media um always cooking up trouble <laughs> pinch of soy <laughs> fucking pinch drowned in soy a pinch of soy who pinches puts a pinch of soy in anything yeah. it'll change the taste Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Life's of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs>